Welcome everybody to the Paradise City Football Podcast. I'm John, and on this episode, we're going to go over three running backs that I have concerns over the upcoming season. We'll go over the latest news and how they change your view for your fantasy draft. Well, the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, have released running back Darius Geis after being charged with domestic violence. Now, you would think that history would be a good teacher for the upcoming players to stay in the straight and narrow and pretty much get out of trouble. But this shows that lessons can only be learned by living out this failure. And, well, I hope that this incident will help Darius guys get over this and how we had thought that he was going to be a promising player. But as we all know, that injuries and the events that recently happened have halted his progress. So we just let's just hope that he continues his uh, track towards, you know, getting better as a player and as a human being. But with this news, this means that the rest of the running backs in Washington, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson, Peyton Barber, and even J.D. McKissick will be fighting for a position in the depth chart for the Washington football team. If I had to guess, and given his history, I can pretty much be certain that Adrian Peterson will, you know, in air quotes, campaign his way into a starting job and leave a three-way race for the number two spot for Gibson, Barber, and McKissick uh, in this depth chart. And also to add that given the, the new regime with Ron Rivera and Scott Turner as the offensive coordinator, it's kind of hard to really determine whether or not we'll see good things coming out of the running back uh, group here in uh, Washington. This next bit of news is kind of more of a hype, but reports out of Bengals camp say that A.J. Green looks like his old self. Now, I'm not sure how I would take this news, but whether or not we'll get vintage wide receiver one numbers A.J. Green or the burst of life A.J. Green and then be injured the next week with uh, a minor injury or setback as we've kind of witnessed the last couple years uh, during his time here. But either way, you know, it all depends on how the new rookie quarterback Joe Burrow will uh, be implementing into his, you know, new role and learning the Zach Taylor system. And given that there's limited training cap and hasn't been able to get his feet wet more into, you know, mandatory OTAs, it's still, you know, the word's still out whether or not he'll still be successful and whether or not A.J. Green will be uh, benefiting from this. With that bit of news out of the way, let's go ahead and jump right in into the three running backs that I'm kind of on the hedge on whether or not I want to draft them for the upcoming season. Number one, uh, first one I want to go up is Ty Gurley of the Atlanta Falcons, formerly of the Los Angeles Rams. Now, he has a history right now being injury plagued and uh, you know, having knee issues for himself, but it's not, you know, 
out of the, the realm of possibility given a lot of the numbers that he's posted. Uh, just last season alone, he finished at 857 total rushing yards on 223 attempts, 12 touchdowns, and three fumbles. And to also add to that, he also posted 207 receiving yards with 31 receptions uh, during his time last year uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, the other thing that I guess can that has left me in doubt with Todd Gurley being drafted, especially around his ADP, is as we kind of all know that when players move to a new team and new system, it's sometimes hard to really get back into the swing of things and maybe post that same numbers that NFL players are used to producing coming out of a, a team. Um, you know, and also given the fact that the new offensive coordinator, Dirk Cutter, has kind of a a way of wanting to throw the ball more rather than running the football. It's kind of hard to really see whether or not we'll still see, you know, older numbers of Todd Gurley when he was with the Rams rushing for a thousand yards and, you know, posting up those wide, you know, not wide receiver, uh, running back one numbers. And, you know, and also with him being in the NFC South, where there could be a lot of high, high scoring affairs and where, you know, the negative game script will put them in a position where they'll have to throw more rather than running the ball, you know, to run the clock and possibly be able to recover from, you know, a high scoring affair with guys from, you know, from the Saints and, you know, from Tampa also coming up there as another high power team in the NFC South. So the word's still out on whether or not we'll see that for uh, Ty Gurley. The second running back I want to talk about also came out of Los Angeles, but out of the Los Angeles Chargers, and that would be Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos. Melvin Gordon is a head scratcher for me. When in 2018 and 2019, Philip Lindsay was kind of the fantasy darling for the Denver Broncos, and for people who've drafted him or even picked him up in their waiver wire um, and utilized him, they got a heck of a deal, you know, out of Philip Lindsay and being able to utilize him as their running back one, running back two uh, in that thing. And then if you had, you know, already a stacked running back, uh, you know, committee, you could possibly have used them in your flex position. And if you had them in PPR, you pretty much were set for the, for the season. And possibly he had won your, your championship during that time. And, you know, Melvin Gordon could still potentially – you know, get a full load of the the snap count. But it's hard to believe that he won't be put into more of a 50-50 split with his, you know, rapport still, you know, trying to be built up with Drew Locke and also understanding the Pat Shermer system and that whole offensive uh, coaching uh, committee still trying to figure out who they could utilize and what strengths each player in that p position, you know, could be utilized for. It's still 
up in the air for for Denver. So if you're expecting Melvin Gordon to week one come out the gate, it's still you know cautious to understand and whether or not you want to take that risk, you know, starting week one and utilizing him as your running back one. If you decide to go zero RB in the next in the first, you know, one one to one through three rounds of uh, your draft. From a former LA Charger to a current LA Charger, Austin Eckler is my third questionable running back going into the 2020 season. Although in the games that he was the starter in the early part of the season, he posted RB1 level numbers. And, you know, with him having Phillip Rivers not be there anymore and Phillip Rivers now in Indianapolis, he won't have the same quarterback who will check down when being pressured as Phillip Rivers did there in Los Angeles. He now has Tyrod Taylor, who, you know, currently, you know, recording this, you know, is, a, is the starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers. Not sure if whether or not Justin Herbert will take over um, starting week one. And, you know, we, we can't forget that Tyrod Taylor during his time with the Buffalo Bills, where uh, the current Chargers coach, Anthony Lynn, was the interim coach and served as also an assistant coach during the earlier years. He ran about 283 times and totaled about 1,575 yards and 16 touchdowns as a the Buffalo Bills quarterback. Now, with that, it's... You know, those attempts and, you know, it's hard to really take away opportunities for Eckler to, to retrieve those check down passes because we'll, we've all known and if you've followed Tyrod Taylor during his time with Buffalo, he will run if pressure is, is there and he will take it. And those opportunities, especially if you're using Austin Eckler in a PPR league, you will see those those catches and those check down, you know, attempts to be just non-existent, given that Tyrod Taylor is uh, more of a runner. And this is kind of where I could see, you know, if if I were to draft Austin Eckler, I can't see him or I can't see myself drafting him at his ADP. You know, if I get him in the lower later rounds and he's still there, I can... I can bet that I'll take a chance at him because I won't feel as bad drafting him at those later rounds because I'm getting him more cheaper than wasting my earlier picks on Austin Eckler as possibly being my running back too, or even my flex. So it's, it's still iffy to really make me believe that Austin Eckler will still have the same impact as he did last year as an RB1. With these three running backs that I've just given you, you may be asking yourself, should I avoid these three now, given what, you know, John, you've given me? Well, to kind of answer that question, it depends. It depends on where you are drafting in your position. Depends on where they fall 
in your draft compared to, you know, ADP. I would feel bad, again, like I spoke about with Austin Eckler, that I get these players at a later round rather than their average ADP. If someone in your league drafts them earlier, reaches, possibly even draft them exactly at their ADP, I myself would not feel bad and that there are other players that I will draft rather than them. And now I'm not just, just speaking on running backs. If a wide receiver is available that I like more than these three at that time during in around their ADP, I'm more likely going to pick that wide receiver, heck, even a quarterback or a tight end at that position. When you go into your drafts, it's important that you get the value out of the player. Now, I know that we're supposed to fill up our rosters given however your roster is formed, whether you run three wide receivers, two wide receivers, two running backs, a flex, super flex, however it may be. I know it's important that we're going into our drafts and we're trying to fill in those spots. But if I can get value out of a player, regardless of which position, starting week one, I will run with the players that I would have. And I would feel good that I would have valued players on my bench that later on in the season that someone else, you know, their player goes down and they need a player to fill in that role or even given the case that, you know, COVID is the reason for it, that I can then trade my player that's on my bench that I'm not utilizing as much to this particular other team in my league and work out a deal and possibly pick up something better of value during that time because I'm in no position to, you know, be in desperate need of that player. Well, I thank you for listening to this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. I can now be heard on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Thank you again for listening and have a good night.